Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. Uh, this is Joe Zagorski, and welcome to this episode of The Pigskin Past. Uh, we're talking about turnovers and a title. Now, in 1973, the Minnesota Vikings advanced to the NFC Championship game where they played the Dallas Cowboys at Texas Stadium. In big games, regardless of the era, the 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, to the current day, the winning team that's, you know, decided to be the winning team usually does not make as many mistakes as the losing team. Typically, not always, but more often than not, that's the way it goes. But what happens when the winning team makes a bunch of mistakes and still manages to win? Well, the 1973 NFC title game serves as a good case in point about that. The Vikings committed four turnovers and the Cowboys committed six. At one specific point in the third quarter of that game, both teams were giving the ball away on consecutive plays. It was almost as if neither side wanted to win the game. Now, naturally, that was not either team's intent, but it was a game with everything riding on it a berth in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl VIII to be exact. And certainly the two teams, the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings, could have played better than one might think. But, you know, the Doomsday defense, the Cowboys and Minnesota's Purple Gang, they played well all throughout the game, for the most part. The turnovers appear to be a matter more of the nervousness of the opposing offenses than of running into stellar defenses. But the most important element that this game established involved a few key offensive drives. Minnesota's offense managed to control the ball throughout the first quarter, and by game's end, they had accounted for a total of 306 yards. The Cowboys could earn only 153 yards all game long. Now, Minnesota took a 10-0 lead into halftime, thanks to another long drive, which resulted in a five-yard touchdown run on a sweep by rookie tailback Chuck Foreman, who incidentally won the NFC Rookie of the Year award in 1973. Early in the third quarter, however, the turnovers began to have their say in the result. Dallas quarterback Roger Stallback threw a deep pass downfield that Minnesota cornerback Bobby Bryant intercepted at his own two-yard line. Now, a lot of people said, why didn't you just, you know, bat it away? And that way they would have forced a punt. And, um, you know, the the long pass, the interception, turned out to be no worse than a great punt for the Cowboys. But speaking of punts, the ensuing Vikings punt by Mike Eyscheid resulted in Dallas' first score of the game. Eyscheid did what a lot of punters uh, like to avoid. He had outkicked his coverage, and that gave Dallas return man Golden Richards enough time to make the catch, size up his blocks, and weave his way downfield. In a few seconds and 63 yards later, Richards crossed the goal line and Dallas drew closer to the Vikings 10-7. 
The Minnesota answered back in a very quick fashion. From his own 46-yard line, a Fran Tarkenton rolled out to his right and threw the ball deep down the middle. It looked like one of the longest passes that Tarkenton threw all year. Perhaps it was one of the longest that Tarkenton threw all throughout his career. He was not really known for having a strong arm, but his 54-yard pass was perfect. It was uh, landed right in the arms of Minnesota wide receiver John Gilliam, who was in the end zone by the time he caught it. The Vikings had recaptured their 10-point lead. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, they would never get any closer in this game. That was due to the fact that they continued to commit key turnovers. Probably the biggest one, well, undoubtedly the biggest one, occurred early in the fourth quarter when Roger Stallback dropped back the pass and he threw a short out to Bullet Bob Hayes, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver of great renown and, of course, uh, Olympic speed uh, champion, uh, gold medalist. Uh, once again, Minnesota's Bobby Bryant made another interception along the sideline. Bryant managed to regain his balance after leaping and catching the ball, and he managed to uh, stay in bounds as he sprinted down the field. A convoy of Viking defenders escorted Bryant into the Dallas end zone to complete his 63-yard return for an interception for a score. Another field goal by Minnesota place kicker Fred Cox made the final score 27-10 in favor of the Vikings. Now this was a game for Minnesota to dominate. Starting Dallas halfback Calvin Hill earned over a thousand yards rushing during the 1973 season. He didn't play at all in this title game because he was injured in the previous week's divisional playoff win against the Rams. So the Cowboys really missed Hill's productive rushing statistics, and without him, Dallas really had uh, no decent offensive drives throughout the game. On offense, all the Minnesota weapons were functioning pretty well, in fact, almost as well as they had done all year long. So the Vikings earned a 12-2 record in 1973, and they were never seriously challenged in their division. The only factor that made this game at least somewhat competitive especially in the first half, was the turnovers. If you took away one or two of those turnovers, Minnesota may have won this game with an even greater margin. An element of irony involved the final statistics. Uh, both quarterbacks, Fran Tarkenton and Roger Staubach, ended this contest equally by completing 10 passes in 21 attempts. Tarkenton threw for 133 yards, however, and Staubach only threw for 89 yards. For certain, Tarkington's 63-yard touchdown bomb to John Gilliam provided the difference in that particular statistic. Uh, Minnesota's 27-10 win over Dallas in the 1973 NFC title game offered one last irony. Their opponents in Super Bowl VIII would be the Miami Dolphins, who defeated their opponents in the AFC title game, the Oakland Raiders, by an identical 27-10 final score. Well, thanks for listening again, folks. This is Joe Zagorski for the Pigskin Past. Look forward to talking to you again in the near future. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, 
aka the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.